speaking of jamming, he likes to jam. Might know something After about spending, that. yeah, 17 seasons in the big league, and he is Bronson Arroyo, who joins us, former big league pitcher. Bronson, how we doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. So that was my little tease, because obviously you're not a pitcher anymore. You're not a you're not a skipper. You're not doing anything with the game. You've kind of moved on to music, which I've got to ask before we get into that. Is that a, is that something you know? Ever players always have something on the side that they do. You know, I, I was just talking to the backup goalie for the Predators, and he talks about reading books all the time. Kevin Lankinen. He just he reads books on road trips in the team hotel. Everybody's kind of got their thing. Was music always your thing? Did you always have a guitar in your hand? Were you always out there on karaoke nights? How did this all come about? Yeah, it started back in Double A. You know, the first few years in the minor leagues, I didn't have it around me, but I was I was starting to sing a little bit of karaoke and kind of got interested. You know, the early '90s, that stuff that came out of Seattle, a lot of the what you were just playing there, the Pearl Jam Ten record, you know, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, those those albums just you know brought my ears to life. It was like I don't know where this music is coming from, but it's fantastic, and it got me thinking about performing a little bit. And so you'd sing a little bit, and then. Somebody gave me an acoustic guitar, and next thing you know, you're playing around a campfire, and then you play an open mic night, and it just started building, on, you know, on on a foundation of music that felt like it was something I couldn't put down in my life. And so now, at this point, after playing baseball for you know the better part of my entire life, from the time you're a five year old kid until I was forty, you know, you need something to dig into a little bit. It it feels nice to to not have to go to work, but a lot of times, if you sit at home for seven straight days, you're looking for something to do. And for me, it's been that music. It has so much that now you formed a band and you're out, you're out playing in front of big crowds, uh, Bronson Arroyo and the O fours, uh, which, you know, if you think mm-hmm. about it, um, yeah. that kind of makes sense. If they followed your baseball career, I guess that was a pretty, it's kind of like the McFarland show, Bronson. <laughs> my name is Darren McFarland. He's Justin McFarland. Hi. It didn't take very long for us to come up with the McFarland show. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, and that, that's that's exactly why the name of the band is Bronson Roy and the O4. I mean, part of it was the fact that I've been friends with these guys since 2004. We won a World Series that year with the Red Sox, but it's also four guys playing behind me that I wanted to be recognized. You know, I mean, Tom Petty is not Tom Petty without the Heartbreakers, right? It's like, yeah, he might write a lot of the stories in those songs, but without the Heartbreakers, it doesn't come to life, and that's that's kind of the way I felt about this band. You know, a lot of these stories came from my mind, but a lot of the riffs came from the guys in the band, and what what the album sounds like music is all because of them sonically you know I didn't really play instruments on the record I was just singing and um, you know the energy in the songs and the backup vocals the three-part harmonies it's it's all because of the 04 band and, and, and it's nice to have guys that you feel like childhood friends you know to produce a record with you in a room without any distraction and have anybody telling you what to do and have it come out the way you want it yeah the 04s their background as you know is no joke I mean they, they mm-hmm. they've been with some some big artists uh, how did your relationship form? with the 04s. How, how, how long have you known these guys? So I met him, I met him in the spring training of 04. I was actually, um, you know, I was kind of the music guy in that Red Sox locker room, always had an acoustic guitar and was playing in between, you know, batting practice in the game a lot of times. And and so they they came to me and said, hey, American Hi-Fi's in town and they're, they're playing a show. And that happened to be Jamie Aronson, my one guitar player's college band. 
And uh, drumming on that tour was a guy named Eric Gardner, who plays on this album as well. And so over the years, we just became buds. You know, we they would come to baseball games. You know, they'd come to playoff games. I'd throw batting practice to these guys in the off seasons. We would play charity shows for Theo Epstein and Peter Gammons up in New England um, to raise money for, for their foundations. And, um, you know, it just felt like a band of brothers. And we'd, we'd always play music and play cover songs. And one day, you know, I, I just thought, you know, we sh- we should write a record, and we we talked about it for a long time. But nobody, I, I don't think anybody was really going to make it happen unless, kind of like I got out of the seat and started writing some of the stuff. So I went out to L.A., I grabbed some riffs from their old iPhones and brought them back to Cincinnati and just started finishing songs. Wow, that that is fantastic. Jeez. Now I also understand the dynamic. Now, I've been in Nashville for 25 years, Bronson, but before. I came here, I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, and the 95, 96, 97 Cleveland Indians team, I was covering them. And so I was in that clubhouse all the time when when all that was coming together. Obviously, that was two World Series appearances Mm -hmm. for those Indians. But I also know being here in Nashville, whether it's the Titans or the Predators, there's got to be somebody in charge of the music in the room. And you think, well, that's a cool thing. Well, also, it's it's a cool thing, but you got to make sure – it doesn't always go smooth and go over with your teammates. Like I'll just let you in. Like Jim Tomey and Kenny Lofton, I witnessed like a a heated debate over the music in the clubhouse back in the day with those Indian teams. Were you the guy in charge of music? You you said that, but you had a guitar. But I'm talking about the music blaring in the clubhouse. Yeah, well, you know, by the time I got to Cincinnati, I was kind of a veteran guy. I'd won a World Series, and it was a pretty young pretty young team once Griffey Jr. and Adam Dunn had left, kind of that Scott Hatterberg mm. group of guys had taken off. But um, So I was in charge of the music most of the time. But back in the Red Sox days, I definitely wasn't. That was usually David Ortiz or uh, Kevin Millar a lot of times was doing that. And back in my old pirate days, man, I wouldn't even have dared touch the radio back then. I mean, you had to, you had to ask permission <laughs> to eat your dinner when you, when you were 22 years old in the big leagues for the first time. Uh, Bronson, I I have never seen you play in the big leagues uh, at all, sir, despite your uh, long and illustrious career. I have seen you play, though, and the last time I saw you play was over at a place called Greer Stadium that is no longer there, and you were playing for this team called the Nashville Sounds, sir. And I have to ask, now that I know you're in, you're in music, your time here in Nashville, even though I know you were working hard at being a pitcher and all of that, did it have any influence on you at all, being here among all the, the entertainment here in town? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I grew up in a small town um, north of Tampa called Brooksville, and I had a buddy who was living in Nashville for a long time, and his wife was working um, with Kenny Chesney and his company. And, and so when I came to town, they said, hey, if you need a hot meal, man, or you need a place to stay, just let us know. And I played parts of three seasons in Nashville from 99 through 2002, and, uh, you know, just to go downtown and, and to see, you know, go to a place like Tootsie's or go, you know, to the Bluebird Cafe and hear people just, you know, telling a real story, man, and, and, and playing music right in front of your face like that. You know, it, w- it was definitely, you know, extra fuel on the fire. I mean, I already was in love with music in a lot of ways, traveling around in the minor leagues, listening to, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish and, and uh, the Counting Crows and, and Pearl Jam and, yeah. and Tom Petty, you know, but, but to see it right in front of your face was kind of a different thing. And it, and it kind of got me thinking like performing might be fun. And, you know, as those years you're playing an acoustic guitar in, in, the, in the locker room, you're thinking, I'm going to play at a dive bar one day and then I'm going to play somewhere else, you know, and that's kind of like this peeling back the layers of being a performer. And it's, it's what's so fun about it. You know, people always say about the Nashville scene, they're always surprised by how talented people are because there's so many of them. So a lot of times we take it for granted but a musician such as yourself, 
Did you notice how much it jumped off the plate when you know when you saw uh, the level of people who were performing downtown at some little bar? You said, "Man, this this person's really good." But I'm really gonna oh, have to absolutely. step it up here yeah. because you know this guy's playing a dive bar in front of 800 people, you know, <laughs> 80 people, and you know, this is he's really really good. Yeah, there's so many good players in Nashville. You know, we, we've always known it was that type of city, and you could you know you could be in in Memphis, Tennessee, and Maybe just sitting on a street corner with a guy with a cup on the ground. He's collecting some change, and maybe he'd be decent, or maybe not. But it's hard to run into a musician in Nashville that doesn't sound great. You know, I mean, you just you you feel like they're falling off trees every day. And 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 a lot of times, you know, for myself, I wasn't. I'm, I don't feel like I'm a natural singer. I don't I don't have you know a great ear. You know, it's been a lot of hard work over the years just trying to get to a place where you feel comfortable on the stage. And and I'm sure a lot of people felt that way. But in Nashville, you know, it was definitely a highlight of my minor league career, without question, to see some of the live acts play in that town. Uh, I, I can't let you go, uh, Bronson. Now, talk, can we talk a little baseball? Or do we have to stick to music oh, yeah. here? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, listen, the rule changes, Bronson. Listen, they sprung it on me. I wasn't ready. I didn't know we were doing all of this this year. <laughs> I didn't know. I have to admit, I didn't know. This caught me off guard. Until we're, we're watching spring training we're watching games. Spring, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought that was just an experiment. We're doing this? You know, talk about the changes here, Bronson. Which change do you like the most? Which change do you like the least? I think, uh, oh, you know, I, I think the um, the pitch clock's not bad. You know, I always pitched at a, at a quick pace. You know, as years has gone on, guys have stepped out of the box and pitchers are getting more I don't wouldn't say superstitious, but you just get into a weird routine where it takes you just too long to throw. You can't be throwing the ball every 30 seconds. You know, it's nice that they're speeding that up a bit. I think the one that I dislike the most is only being able to pick a runner off two times, two attempts at picking a guy off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that changes the whole running game, and, and I'm very interested. I have not seen a game yet where a pitcher has thrown over twice, and now I want to see how big of a lead this guy gets because he knows he can steal. So it's, it's, it's going to change the landscape a little bit. Um, you know, but I, I think I enjoy that they're taking the shift away. Um, the bigger bases shouldn't affect anybody, even though it might look a little strange out there. But, but uh, you know, it's an ever-changing landscape, man. Everything is always evolving. Sometimes it feels like they're, 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 they're taking too much of the specialness of the old time away from the game. But then five years later, you look at it and you say, hey, man, you know, instant replay is pretty cool. So, you know, I try not to be too harsh on my criticisms off the top. It's a good way to approach it because, honestly, that's just how it works in life, right? When none of us really yeah. embrace change. Remember when the Nets first went up uh, to protect the fans? Everybody went nuts. Nobody complains about the Nets anymore because if you go to enough games, you just you just know it's part of it. You don't even think about it anymore. Where yeah. at first you're like, oh, it's going to impede my vision. Um, I can't see anything. No, it doesn't. You're, you're fine. They, they do it in hockey. They do it in other sports. I, I do want to know, Bronson, these extra large pizza boxes out there as bases. You, you brought that up. I think the interesting part – for us just observers, cover the game, watch the game. I didn't know this was a big deal. I didn't know this was like a real conversation piece. And then it was like, boom, we're going to have bigger bases. Well, it's for player safety. I was like, have players been getting have, hurt have because of those, the bases? Yeah, have I missed have those I conversations? Missed this whole time? Yeah. How did that Yeah, I, what I hadn't you? heard a lot about it either. But, okay. you know, coming up with the Pirate organization when I was young, um, Jason Kendall was an all-star catcher for the Pirates back in the day, and, and he – he broke his ankle really nasty by by uh, landing on the the first baseman's foot. And uh, if you saw that live and in person, you might think it's a good idea. But but otherwise, I mean, you only see that happen you know you know once a year. So I wasn't really sure where that came from. I don't know if the players proposed it or if the union proposed it or if the owners proposed it. I'm not sure. But I didn't know much about it before it came out either. You're going to be playing. Uh, you and the O4 is going to be down in Tampa. 
at Raymond James uh, Stadium grounds. It's going to be a two-day festival with Very some cool. huge acts. Um, that's going to be really cool coming up on March 19th. Do you have any idea if uh, your guys are going to be, speaking of Nashville, circling around, playing in Nashville anytime in the near future? I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to. You know, we're playing that show, and then we've got a show in April uh, up in New England at a place called City Winery for Theo Epstein's foundation on April 15th. But, um, you know, with Eric, Eric Gardner drumming for Melissa Etheridge, and she likes to be out on the road about 100 days a year, and Miley Cyrus has been doing some good some good stuff out there as well. And my guitar player, Jamie Aaron's in place for her. It's, it's like trying to find these pockets of time oh. where we can find a place to get together and, and tour a little bit. But I think we're going to come through all the major cities. We should hit Nashville. We should hit New York. We should hit Chicago, LA. We're going to, we're going to definitely try to make that happen sometime this summer. Well, just so you know, we do have a city city winery, downtown Nashville. We do big, great Very venue. Cool. There you go. So you can set up there, set up shop there. Bronson really enjoyed it. Appreciate the visit. Keep having fun with this, and I uh, hope people check out your music. All right, man. The McFarlands, thanks for having me. All right. That is Bronson Arroyo. 17 seasons in the big leagues. Now it's Bronson and the O4s. And yeah. some 